What's up, pals? Welcome to Super Nerd Pals, your weekly podcast for all things comics, TV, video games, and anything nerdy. Uh, I'm your host for today, Chris Sampson, and with me we have Stan Kudersky. Hello! Annie Carasquillo. Hey! And special guest host, Kirsty. Hi! Woo! We're all in the same room. Exactly! Thank you, Stan. We are all in the same room. This is the first time that we're all recording live, and we can see each other in the flesh, and it's awesome. Not over a computer, for once. Exactly! So we don't have to worry about the internet, you know, fritzing out and losing audio or... Sinking. Sinking. Sinking issues. Um, yep, so we are all here together in New York City, because New York Comic Con 2015 just happened. And it was awesome, and I drove up uh, with some of my friends from the D.C. metro area, and I was here since Wednesday, and I'm glad to actually hang with you guys in person. It's kind of surreal. Yeah. Yeah. We went to dinner. We had dinner, like, <laughs> twice. Yeah. <laughs> Hung out. It's been a pretty awesome weekend. weekend. Yeah. Yeah, we, we, we got a little bit wasted. Well, not wasted. tipsy. I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah, we had frozen margaritas Depends together. Depends what your tolerance is. Chris is a lightweight, I guess. Uh, yeah, I'm a lightweight. <laughs> well, when it comes to me and drinking, I'm the type of drunk where I just get really quiet and fall asleep. I'm that's, so, that's I'm so boring. That's I am I so boring. That's it's how horrible. I roll. I roll with the sleepy and the naps. I roll with the sleep. <laughs> But yeah, so yeah, we had we had dinner at a Cab Caliente. It was a Caliente Cab. Caliente Cab. Yeah, it was a really great Mexican place, and everyone all, everyone had the quesadillas, and that was the rogue. But the food was delicious. So. But we all got frozen margaritas except for Kirsty. Yeah, she was rogue in that. Sorry, yeah. I got what did I get? Oh, a spicy margarita. It was super spicy. It was so good. So good. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, how was everyone's Comic Con? Just, you know, the overview. I mean, I only went Thursday, but I enjoyed it. Yeah. It was pretty awesome. I, I love going to Comic-Con. Yeah, Comic-Con's always great. Um, this is my third time going to Comic-Con. Uh, I went last year, and the first time I went was 2010. Just as crazy as ever. It's It felt even bigger than last year, which was insane. Um, especially the numbers for last year uh, surpassed San Diego Comic-Con. So I'm not sure how many people attended this weekend, but... It was a lot. I don't even know why they count San Diego as, like, the main one if we do better numbers than those guys. I've, I don't know. Maybe, maybe because it's Hollywood and I New wonder, York. I wonder one. if Comic-Con ja, ja. started, like, origin in San Diego. It's gotta and be. And that's why. That's yeah, probably why. It's probably it happened in, like, sci-fi conventions in, in basements or, like, in, like, <laughs> <laughs> like, a church or something. <laughs> a church. Yeah. So, and now, look at it. It's a multi-million, or well, multi-billion. Empire, taking over. You're an empire. Thanks, man. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> I don't know either, but I'll take it as a compliment. How about you, Stan? How was your Comic Con? Comic Con was fine. Um, I didn't do any panels. I almost never do panels. I I always want to do lots of panels. I'm always like, oh, I'm gonna go to this one. I'm gonna go to that one. I'm gonna try to go to this one. And then I go there and it's like, I don't want to wait in line. Mm-hmm. That that'll take up too much time. Yeah, there's a lot of lines. Um, lots of waiting. Yeah, lots of waiting. And, oh, and I mean, sometimes Comic-Con doesn't let you do the waiting because, you know, all the big panels require wristbands. And you got to get there early. And who, yeah. has, who has the ability to wake up that early? Not me. Yeah. I, don't, I can't wake up early to wait. 
I mean, the doors open at 10, but you have people lining up for the queue hall. Like, hours. Hours before, and it's just massive mob. It's ridiculous. I like, I like waking up a little bit late, going in a little bit late, and just walking right through the door. Yeah. No lines. Just, like, go right inside. So, I mean, I, I'm pretty selective about panels. Um, so, I mean, most of the time, it's just, like, like a, a handful, and then the rest of the time, I just wander. I love wandering, and I love taking cosplay photos. That's That's my jam. Just wandering with friends or just by myself. It's just a lot of fun. Just being in that atmosphere. I love it. That's why I love going to cons so much. But this is also the first time I've gone to Comic-Con as press. So it was also busy in a way that I've never had been busy before. I was doing a lot of press interviews and demos and stuff. Which was a pretty interesting experience. Plus, plus that yes. press lounge is... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Um... When you when you have a press pass, you just cut through all the lines. You got you got a press lounge, and <laughs> it's nice and spacious. You don't have to be jammed like sardines with other people. And Maybe next year I'll know that press pass life. Yeah. It's very quiet and like airy. Yeah, you can breathe. Yeah, and uh, there's a there's a nice bathroom and you know, nice open air and free coffee. We we I need that press pass life next year. Or VIP, but seriously, uh, near Comic Con. Just, they just really screwed up the ticketing system this year. I mean, See, everyone everyone knows this. I talked to someone yesterday, which really pissed me off, and they told me that they went online to buy their ticket in April for, like, uh, the day that they sold the tickets. They went on at 1 o'clock and was able to get their four-day pass. I was on from 12 to almost 3, and all I got was Thursday passes. See, how they used to do it is they had a tiered system. So let's say, like, X X would be, like, six months out. You know, that first period, they would just sell the VIP tickets and, like, four-day passes. And then, like, a couple months later, it would be the three-day, a couple more, it would be the two and the one, and which which was manageable. But this year, they just, like, they just opened the floodgates and it just became, like, a whole giant battle royale over the internet to see who got tickets and who got screwed over crashed servers and websites and being queued for, like, three hours straight and not getting your tickets. And because I don't know. It kind, of, it kind of brings me back to, like, what we talked about earlier with uh, Nintendo being Immortan Joe. Yeah, videos. exactly. It's by my hand. <laughs> you will go to Comic-Con. <laughs> and then... And then they, they turn off they turn off the interwebs and everyone's like, No Immortan, notice yeah, like, us. Don't get dependent on the on the, the tier ticketing because <laughs> it, it'll it'll be gone. <laughs> Do you have a question for Kirsty? Oh, I was I was gonna ask her what did you thought about Comic Con. Oh. Yeah. Comic Con was good. Yeah. Um my attention span is actually very short. I just had Sunday passes and Stan and I dressed up as Jesse and James from Team Rocket, which was super fun. So we had a late start today, and we didn't get there till when? One thirty. Like one thirty. One thirty, and it was over at five, and that was actually too long for me. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, last year we I t- got a three day pass, which was a mistake. Um, I couldn't go one of the days, so I had two days. I went two days, so, so I went Saturday, and then on Sunday I feel like I ended up just sitting on the floor while you did the stuff. Right? Yeah. Like, I didn't walk around. I only need about an hour. I need 30 minutes on the floor, and I need 30 minutes in Artist Alley, and then I'm done. So, you know, I don't know. I walked around today. People took our picture, which was fun. Um, we stood in line, the Funko line, which was fun. And they had, like, pop figures, and I bought this 
like limited edition Cookie Monster one, and it's actually fuzzy, which I didn't expect. That was pretty cool. Um, and I also bought this limited edition Mater from Cars pop figure, and apparently they're it's blue, and they're only making like 150 of them or something, which is so that was cool. I didn't buy any art this year. I actually ran into two people I knew there, which was random. Um, I ran into my cousin and his kids, which was strange. And then I ran into a girl that I've known since I was like four, which was also really strange, but really cool. So I had a nice time, I think. I think that one day was the perfect amount of time. Yeah. I had that moment, too. Like, Stan and Andy were, were teasing me because I, I was meeting all these <laughs> friends from college and it's like yeah. New York Comic Con 2015 Chris's college reunion so, so <laughs> yeah. it was great oh no I felt like me and Stan were the tourists and you you were the one living in New York yeah we went uh, there we didn't know anybody <laughs> but everyone knew Chris uh, it was yeah. weird I don't know I have a lot of nerdy friends so cool so uh, I, uh, we're gonna kick it off with panels Andy you and I went to the Kishimoto panel uh, Masashi Kishimoto the creator of Naruto. Um, he, it was his first time coming to the U.S., and it was his first New York Comic Con. So it was a really big deal. The panel was on Thursday, yeah. and there was maybe like 2,000 people in the room. But I was, I, was I was talking to you, and it felt like there was still a lot of empty seats. And there, it, were, there were a lot of empty seats. And they, also had, they were also opening up the balconies, and there was like no one on there, and it was a, it was a wristbanded event, and they sold out. So I don't understand because um, there was this recurrent thing that, uh, that happened across the whole week of Comic Con where all these fans, you know, diehard fans of Naruto, they wanted to see Kishimoto and they couldn't during the screening and during the autograph sessions because there weren't enough spaces. But at least for Thursday, I mean, there was so much seats left, and I don't understand why. I mean, there was a lot of space um, where Chris and I were sitting. Oh, we were, like, in the middle. Yeah. In the middle of the room, and then everything behind us was, like, empty. Yeah, and to the left inside, and then, and then there was, like, a, a balcony level that is shaped like a U, and there a few, like, maybe, like, one or two people were sitting up there. I just want, I, I mean, Kishimoto, who knows when the next time he's going to come back to the U.S., and it, it's also, I mean, Naruto just ended up, or just finished up. Uh, the manga finished up in November, and then Boruto comes out this month. So it's like that's like the final, final um, magnum opus or conclusion to the entire epic. So it was, uh, I don't know. I felt like more people should have been accommodated. I think what they should have done was after after letting all the people in with the wristbands was just let people in up until a certain point. Yeah, and just to fill up. Yeah, Kishimoto. That would have been great. What can you do? I don't know. Maybe they were afraid of a Walking Dead situation happening. Yeah, yeah. If you, for those who don't know what Andy's talking about, um, 2010, during New York Comic Con, that was the year when Walking Dead first came out, and the panel was um, it was highly anticipated. The, the, new, the show hadn't come out yet, but Walking Dead, comic-wise, had a big following, and there was a lot of hot press about it. So uh, I was I was there uh, lined up at the panel, and how Comic Con handled the line or the queue was really bad. The line pretty much snaked around Comic Con tw or around the Javits Center twice. The entire Javits Center. Yeah, Jeez. pretty much. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was that anticipated. And it's not even that good. 
<laughs> I, mean, I mean, back then, this was brand new territory. No one knew what they were getting into. I'm gonna give it to them. Season one was pretty amazing. Pretty season one was like was still one of the best. So we, we we were going around the second time, and then we were in this the giant main stage queue area, and people just lost it. They everyone just we just became a horde. Uh, people just started like knocking down barricades and oh, lost all semblance of of like civility, and the, the line just dissolved just, just into this massive amoeba that just like stormed into the room. And were you a part of that? I was I was taking video, just like comments, <laughs> like what the hell, guys? Come on, really? And like and every every couple seconds, like this the loud clang of metal bars just fell to the floor and echoed everywhere, and it, it was yeah. Very apocalyptic. It, it was. It was very, fi- very fitting. And then we went in, and then we saw the the guests come out, and then we saw like a teaser for, for the first episode, which was uh, Rick cl- climbing out of that tank and meeting Glenn for the first time. And after that, I randomly met Robert Kirkman by accident. So, <laughs> so there you go. Did he run away from you? No, <laughs> no. And Bruce Campbell. Bruce Campbell. He was here. This Comic Con, I did get to see him. He was he was definitely ducking Chris. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, me and Stan, we we went to his trailer. We got chainsaws, but Bruce wasn't there. No, and the line for the walk, the um, Evil Dead panel is absurd. Absurd. Yeah. So. What, anyway, what anyway. about the Naruto panel? Yeah. Talk anyway. about it. <laughs> I'm sorry. So it was really cool. Uh, Kishimoto, he was really moved by how much support and love all the fans all the audience was giving him um he was being moved to, to the point of tears and it was really heartwarming like he, he he was a really humble and modest guy and he he kept saying like he never realized how big his um his manga was or just the entire naruto franchise was until he noticed more and more that people around the world were cosplaying his characters and just seeing their intense reaction of all the of all the people in the in the audience. So. There was this funny moment where uh, Kishimoto, he, he agreed to draw a picture of Naruto. So he drew the picture. And then after that, the um, the interviewer kind of put him on the spot and was like, would you mind drawing us another character? <laughs> and then, uh, so Kishimoto wound up settling for Jiraiya, but he forgot what Jiraiya looked like. <laughs> <laughs> so he tried to Google Jiraiya and um, the his phone had no signal, <laughs> so he used one of the cosplayers in the crowd as like a reference for Jiraiya, which was pretty awesome. And it was a total senpai notice me mo- uh, moment, and like the uh, Kishimoto was thanking the cosplayer, and the cosplayer was having like the best time of his life. He's like, yeah, um, that was really cool. And oh, and they also uh, they also showcased the trailer for. Boruto, the movie, which is um, which is the last Naruto movie. Kishimoto Sensei he considers it his landmark magnum opus work. After he finished up the manga, he went straight into producing the movie, and he wrote the entire screenplay by himself. In previous movies, he had some writing credit, but this is the first time he had like complete control over it. And he was really proud of this work. And it's it's about the story of Boruto. Um, Naruto's son and the new generation of ninja. So how did you like that trailer? That was pretty boss. I thought it was pretty awesome. I can't wait for it to come out in theaters. Mm-hmm. On 
definitely going to see that. I know you're going to see it. Yeah, that'd be good. Um, uh, unfortunately, uh, they were screening it uh, this Saturday, but they were only letting in... The first hundred people. Yeah. I mean, theaters can fit more than that, right? Theaters can definitely fit more than that. So, who knows? I mean, it's going to come out for wide release later anyway, so... Yeah, any other thoughts about the panel? No, I thought it was really awesome. Uh, it was just awesome to be in the same room as Kishimoto. Yeah. Especially for his first time in America. Mm-hmm. It was just an awesome experience. Yeah. So hopefully he comes back soon. And then, just to speed things up a little bit, uh, I went to the AMC Comic Book Men panel. So I had Kevin Smith as uh, moderating and the cast of Comic Book Men. So... Um, Brian Johnson, Ming Chang, uh, Walter Zapsik, Walt Flanagan. Oh, I'm sorry. Mike Zapsik. Wow. Anyway, and Walter Flanagan. So it was really cool. Um, they did a, uh, like a short sizzle reel of the past seasons and what we can expect for season five. So, so Run DMC is going to be on season five. Um, Jim I saw Lee. him. Yeah, you did. It's, we saw him in... Uh, or you saw, yeah, we all saw him in Artist Alley. So it was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, Jim Lee's going to be on the show so I'm really excited about that It was basically a Q&A session um, A lot of people t- uh, ask questions of Kevin Which is kind of often the case I mean even though it was kind of meant for The comic book man But uh, it, w- it was just Kevin Smith being really inspirational Talking about go out there Be content generators and podcasters and, and Which we are Yeah we are We all take a page from his book So it was. Uh, I-, I can't wait for season 5 which comes out this fall. So, video games. Um, you were really busy this con. <laughs> I am. I was so incredibly busy. Yeah, actually, um, like Saturday, sa- I I wasn't expecting Saturday to be so busy. Um, I literally didn't have any free time. Like we we touched base like a couple times during the day, but it was only for me like fifteen minutes, yeah. and I had to bounce um, because I was working press. But it was really exciting because I did a lot of things. I went to the Capcom booth, and I had RSVP'd an hour-long block of time to demo some new games that are coming out. So I played uh, Resident Evil Zero HD, or the HD remake, uh, Street Fighter V, and Umbrella Core. I haven't played the first Resident Evil remake. Shame on you. I'm sorry, and I'll I'll get around. That game to is it. a classic. I know. I'm I'm so bad. I wound up playing it for like five hours at Stan's house one day. God, I remember that you just came over and we just like, psh, the whole day. Just yeah. shot through it. But I really enjoyed this Resident Evil. Um, it's cool because uh, they have the alternate modes so you can stick with the original tank controls and the original like resolution or you can do it with a widescreen with uh, updated controls which were really smooth. It looks so beautiful. Um, the background scenery and the, all the characters, the models—they're extremely detailed and uh, very beautiful. And like, uh, they put a lot of detail into it. Like the PR person who was talking to me—they were saying how in the original game, to save space, they couldn't write actual letters on the on the signs, but now they can, and they have insane amount of detail and textures and the set pieces, like on the carpet or in the tapestries. So it was a short 10 minute demo I didn't get I, I timed out Because Half the time I was Talking With the PR And about the details Of the game But it was really enjoyable uh, I was getting my ass kicked By zombie dogs What part of the game Were you at? 
I we I was I was walking through this train car. Oh, so you're in the uh, beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I meet uh, Billy. Billy, I didn't get far enough in the game to use it, but there's a par- partner switching mm-hmm. mechanic in the game. So, um, so that's that's there. But I really enjoyed it. Then I tried out Umbrella Corps, and this was first announced three weeks ago at the Tokyo Game Show. So there's a, there's still uh, quite a bit of things that we that are yet to be released yet, but it's basically a team slash squad based uh, shooter, uh, PvP shooter, set within the Resident Evil universe. You you play as like former Umbrella mercenaries or guns for hire, and you duke it out with uh, with other players in arenas, which are I guess within the the universe they're quarantine zones. Combat's really fast-paced. It's meant to be like a short pick-me-up, uh, high, uh, like highly paced, highly dynamic shooter, um, and it's really cool because uh, you you fight against uh, other the other teammates, and you also kill all the zombies that are, that infest the map at the same time. And there's some pretty cool features they're working with. So you have this backpack that's strapped to your strapped to you, which is called a jammer. Which masks your your presence from zombies, so they don't they won't attack you. And you can do cool things with it, like you can hide in the middle of a zombie horde and use them as meat shields. <laughs> um, but they can be destroyed, so someone could shoot off or shoot your jammer, and it'll malfunction. All the zombies will start swarming you and attacking you. Um, some other cool things they have in the game: they have the brainer, which is your it's a multi tool slash weapon they can use. So you can melee attack other opponents, you can kill zombies with it, you can use it to break off barricades and move it to other rooms. Uh, they also have like a tactical shield and pistol. Uh, in terms of gameplay, uh, like I said before, it's really fast. They have a really nifty cover system and all the rooms, they're interconnected. So you, it's really easy to be snuck up on by like zombies and players. Like you can crawl into vents and break down barricades and like leap down from a couple stories above. So in terms of the game, we were or demo the game demo, we were playing a three v three deathmatch, and I got trounced so badly. Like, but it was a lot of fun. Was it better than Operation Raccoon? Well, I mean, Operation Raccoon. It, I mean, this comparing this would be apples and oranges because uh, Operation Raccoon was like they had a story mode and campaign mode. This game doesn't. It, all it is is multiplayer. But who's developing it? Uh, Capcom. I know. That, well, they're publishing it. Oh, yeah. Are they also developing it? Um, I don't remember. Okay. I should. I should. Well, <laughs> let's hope it's of the same people oh, okay. as Operation. I think it's. City. I'm pretty sure it's different. So. Okay. I, uh, so. I actually yeah. enjoyed Operation Raccoon. There's City. something wrong with you. <laughs> that game, objectionally awful. That uh, game was not that, that bad. Game is the online game. was so good. That game is broken as shit. I loved playing the online, fighting against people, titans, zombies. You have fucking know, everything. Man. Try to like get in cover, don't work. Try, try to shoot guy, don't work. Try to walk down the hallway, don't work. You need a, try to open a door, don't work. You need to uninstall that shit. Try to shoot PS3 a gun, don't work. And reinstall that try shit. Try to start the game, don't work. <laughs> Try to return the game, don't work. They don't work this shit. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing about that shit works. Then I tried out Street Fighter V. Hell yeah. And oh my god. How's that? That's my favorite game that I demoed. Street Fighter V is also coming out for PC too, right? PC and PS4, I think. Yeah. 
Uh, wow, what a game! During so during the demo, uh, you could play as Laura, which is one of the most recently revealed characters, and she's a Brazilian who uses Brazilian jiu-jitsu combined with electricity attacks. So she's basically the replacement for Blanca, and she's OP. Like wow, she's so cool. She could do like she she could do uh, mid mid combo grapples and reversals and it's just insane um and i love her character design but my fi- all-time fi- oh this is my first time playing street fighter 5 i don't have access to the beta but i i, re- I really should get on that but my fit who were you were you able to select multiple fighters yeah yeah, yeah. so I, I played as laura and then i played as rashid uh rashid is basically a middle eastern airbender and he's my favorite. Like he is insanely fast. Like, he, and he does like all these wind-based attacks. So, uh, if you dash and press square, he does this crazy Meta Knight spin move, and he he does like these crazy flips and dive kicks. And he's extremely fast and agile, and does like all these crazy like Wing Chun like combo. He's like Ang in in Street Fighter. Exactly, exactly. It's so cool. And it's like he's the first uh, Middle Eastern character to appear in the franchise. I think that's uh that'll be received well. And as well and then also with uh, Laura, uh, I think people will be really excited to have someone re- represent their country who isn't a green green monster. <laughs> even though yeah. even though Blanca I love Blanca, but Blanca's fucking awesome. Yeah. The other character that's new is Nakali. I forget where he's he comes from. I want to say he's like Peruvian or some somewhere in the middle of America. But he does these slam attacks. Uh, he's like this hulking brute and like slams the ground and like our concussive force comes out of the ground um, right next to him. And he can control how far the blasts come out of the ground. So he can punch you and do combos and juggle into the air. And right before the opponent lands to the ground, he can like use his slam attack and launch you up again and like do another chain of combos. So he's pretty cool, and also played as Bison, and I love M Bison. He's one, he's one of my favorite characters. Um, and one one of the cool things they're doing with Street Fighter Five is they're doing this mode, this special charge or mode called Variable Mode. So we so you power up your gauge, and you can either unleash a special attack, or you char- you charge up, and for I guess like a like like ten fifteen seconds, you move faster, you dash faster, you're Com- your your power or your strength of your move set is stronger. I uh, also uh, can do a, some special moves. So for M Bison, when I was in variable mode, if someone launches a a projectile against me, I can use my psycho power to absorb it and fire it back at them. So that was really sweet. So I need the beta for Street Fighter Five because that that shit was dope. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Tiger, <laughs> Japan, sorry, <laughs> boom. So go get the beta for Street Fighter Five and play with Laura. She's so good. That was the biggest titles I played. I also I demoed the new Sword Art Online game. Did you demo Mirror's Edge? Uh, Triforce set up the booth and they were they were playing Mirror's Edge, but I didn't get a chance. And the other game I demoed was uh, the new Digimon game. How was that? It was pretty good. It's the first game to come out um, well internationally for seven years because uh, I was interviewing the producer and he was telling me that Digimon is going through a bit of a resurgence and they're really happy to work on the project and the only reason why the US and UK is getting an English port of the game is because a giant fan petition happened 
and I think over sixty thousand people signed a petition. So they're they're obviously very moved by the game. Uh, and the game is called uh, Digimon Digimon Story Cyber Sleuth. So it's taking on more, well, it's an RPG that's taking on detective slash noir elements. Mm. So in this future in this game, the world of Japan has seamlessly integrated with VR technology, so everyone uses it, and people can dive into the digital world called Eden, where Digimon uh, thrive. All of a sudden, all these really weird incidents start happening. So the main characters work with this protagonist named Kyoko, and the both of you start uh, you're you're cyber sleuths. So you go around the world in both worlds, like the real world and the digi- digital world, trying to figure out what's behind all these weird occurrences. And um, and there's a lot of throwbacks to fans of like the original anime so there's plenty of like easter eggs and cameos and all the classic digimon and new digimon that you you love can the digimon eat their own poop um <laughs> maybe i don't know um, i don't think so <laughs> i don't know where that question came from well because of the first digimon world game your digimon would eat their own poop Puppies do that in real life. I know, but I want to know if they can do it in the but game. But why? Wait, I don't know why that was like a choice. I don't know why. Like the, just, the, the people were like game. going around, like they you didn't like tell them to do it. They just yeah, they just kind of did it. Did you play that game? Yeah. So why they up do that? that? I don't know. What was up with the poop eating? So like no, but then that means someone sat there and really was like someone coded that. No, well, yeah, no, someone no, definitely right. So like you know what we should do? Like at a board meeting, and they're like what? And they're like. Make a meat throw. I mean, I feel like it was the same press meeting that also had the Pokemon butts movement happen. It's the same guy. He it's just, the same guy. He, he was just moved. like, he was just like, Digimon should eat their own poop here. And then <laughs> <it's> <laughs> Nintendo was like, Pokemon butts. <laughs> Is it genius? I mean, I think this dude has an obsession with butts. We need to stop him. <laughs> They're like, have you seen pop culture lately? Everyone's obsessed with butts. You know, all the music, all with Nicki Minaj and my Anaconda don't want none. Like, <laughs> all right, uh, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> I yeah, I'm tired. So Nicki like, Minaj. It's like somebody they all sat down. They're like, okay, so we, so you have your own Digimon. You you go around the world with them. They can eat food, and someone's like, wait, but can they eat? their own poop <laughs> and it's like well we didn't consider it. it's like how could you have not considered that option if they eat if they eat food the poop comes out and shouldn't they be able to eat their own poop then <laughs> it's like oh they eat their poop it comes out as food and then the cycle continues <laughs> it's like it's an Ouroboros um we didn't consider that option but we will look into it <laughs> I mean clearly they approved of it but did it did it have any benefits it had no benefits it just happened it just happened could you command them to do it? Or they just did it on a That I'm not sure. Was it toilet paper? Stan, did you force <laughs> all your Digimon to eat their boob? I don't know, man. You're looking a little bit shifty. That's all I know about that game. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm sure it said it on the back of the box when you bought the game. <laughs> because you'll look yeah, it was just like... It was just like, welcome to the Digimon game where you can fight Digimon and eat your own poop. That's... Yep. Train your partner to eat. Poop. You know what? Tamagotchi should have been able to eat their poop because the, the, the poop just builds up and they die from poisoning. Yeah. Screw Tamagotchis. Did yep. that really happen? Yeah. yeah. I like would go to school and very seriously like give my mom my Tamagotchi for the day. Be like, you better take care of this. <laughs> I gotta go. And then it would die. 
Yeah. Was she, it? She didn't take good care of it. It was like the saddest thing when the Tamagotchi died. Oh, Whale so Pokemon poop. <laughs> they probably do. They just. They're really discreet about it. Yeah. Stan's very obsessed with poop today. Maybe. I mean, they have buttholes, as according to the quiz last week. Yeah. Maybe they poop in their Pokeballs. And the, and the Pokeballs digitize the, the data, and it just, you know, and maybe and maybe they, it goes into the recycling bin. Wait, no. Is all the Pokemon's computers powered by poop? <laughs> <laughs> I think we cracked the code. I think it, yes. That's why it, That's why the fucking Poke Centers are free, because they're using the poop as, pool, as fuel. <laughs> you are so... That's why you never have to pay at the Poke Center. Yeah, we need them. How do Pokemon stay in business? It's like, that's them taking the fucking poop and powering the Poker Center with the fucking poop. Holy shit. Get it? That's why they don't charge you. That's why you gotta pay money at the Pokemart. But at the fucking Poker Center. Because they had the PCs there too. You put them in the PCs. So, so it's like. Potions is like potions and uh, super potions, like antibacterial spray. I don't know. It's like it's like it's like Pokemon uh, hand sanitizer or butt sanitizer in this case. <laughs> butt sanitizer. Butt sanitizer. This big oil in the Pokemon universe, like like wrap. Uh, it's like not big oil. It's big poop. Maybe no, that's why. Well, big oil doesn't want big poop. To to wrench and uh, steal the business. Team Rocket's big oil. Team Team Rocket. They want to steal the business. They work with XL and they're like, no, we're gonna set our ages out. This next Shinra and they're like, we got we gotta set up paramilitary teams, capture all the Pokemon, and and create a. They um, decline in the poop supply. That's why they're called Team Rocket, because they're fuel. <laughs> yes! That's why you need to steal the Pokemon. Is that why Team, <laughs> team Plasma is trying to free the Pokemon? Because they're like, no, we shouldn't use Pokemon poop as fuel. They should be free. The, yeah, Pokemon Plasma is free. They should be, they should be free to, to poop wherever they want without them worrying about it going to like. Technology. This is crazy. I don't know if we should let people know if we should keep this info secret. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine how many views we'll get from this conversation? We've cracked the truth open. Crack the truth open. Crack the wide open. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm so tired. Our podcast is not going to be hunt the truth, crack the truth. Crack the truth. Crack the truth. Oh, man. Thank you, Stan. Thank you, thank you, Andy. Thank you, Christy. <laughs> Just loved it. Thank, thank you, us. everybody. Thank yeah. you, everyone. This revelation would not be possible without you, especially you, the fans. Without Digimon and their poop, yes, we would not have found nope. the secrets of Pokemon. Nope. I hope the producer doesn't listen <laughs> to this podcast. I hope he does. Uh, I'll email it to you. Email it to <laughs> the guy who, who who came up with the idea of the Pokemon Mutt is going to hear this. It's like, yes, they found it out. <laughs> they found out my secret. <laughs> we should hire them. That's what I've been trying to tell people with these Pokemon butt merchandise. <laughs> trying to point them in the right direction. <laughs> like the bitch code. <laughs> yes. There's like a hidden map in like the, the Pokemon the poke- Pokemon's poke butt. code. Yeah. You've got to crack open their butts to find out <laughs> the secret of the Pokemon world. Uh, this goes deeper than Labyrinth Town. This is like the biggest mystery in Pokemon. Yeah. Like a colonoscopy, <laughs> we went deeper, <laughs> deep, deep, deep down until we found the truth, which is 
the pollen. See, now it makes sense why everyone had to capture Pokemon. You know, it's like you, you, we need it for the self-sustaining. So, uh, so what happened there in the cra- the Great Pokemon War that Lieutenant Surge talks about? Well, they were, were they like trying to fight over Pokemon to like get their poop? Yeah, it's like it's like resources. Yeah, they're fighting over Pokemon poop resources. And then, you know, with Mewtwo, you know, remember the beginning of the movie where Giovanna's like, I would perform experiments, you know? You know, that's that's what they're doing. They're trying to harness the power of <laughs> That's Pokemon why they're trying to clone Mew, because they're like, he's the original, he's what all the other Pokemon are based off of genetically, right? So they're like, well, if we can crack the secret of Mew, we can crack the secret of, like, maybe not even needing Pokemon poop anymore. <laughs> like, we could find the real essence of why this works. <laughs> <laughs> But no, but Mewtwo starts a revolution, and, you know, then he takes all his Pokemon and flies off. And Giovanna's like, curse you, Mewtwo! My poop technology, my patented poop technology. <laughs> Giovanna's like, like, um... So that was, so that's Giovanna's why Mewtwo, like, that's why Mewtwo was wearing that armor in the beginning of, of Mewtwo Strikes Back, is because that armor was making Mewtwo think he had to poop, and, like, harvesting this poop. Exactly. But they like, fuck that. They took off the armor. It's like, yeah. I'm the master of my own colon. <laughs> <laughs> Pokemon is the deepest lore. Uh, Alright, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think she spent another 45 minutes on this. Alright, we have... Oh, wait, never mind. <laughs> that was great. So let's open up to some roundtable. What are your favorite cosplays that you saw this weekend? Well, I saw a lot of Deadpools. <laughs> a lot of Deadpools, a lot of Harley Quinns, a lot of Jokers. Doesn't mean they were all good. No. I'm trying to think. I saw a lot of really, really bad Nightwings. Really Pen- bad? Bad? Yeah, like, like horrible. Like, how? Describe. Like, they were all wearing that one morph suit that's just, like, uh. the really, like, fucked up, stretched out Nightwing symbol. Mm. It was just really bad. What was the best one that you saw? The best, like, cosplay? Or just best Nightwing. The best Nightwing? I saw some guy, ironically enough, he was wearing, like, hockey pads. <laughs> <laughs> and he had, like, the uh, the dark blue spray painted on him. It was really cool. Okay. Yeah, I have a picture of him. Cool. It's pretty dope. Nice. But yeah, top three? Um, I saw a really good Roy Harper from uh, Arrow. Yeah. Uh, that Nightwing. And... I can't think of a third one. Oh, Bob's Burgers. Yes, Bob's Burgers. Wait, was it just Bob? Was it Bob and Louise? It or, was, um... Or the whole family? It was just Bob and his wife. What's her name? Louise. No, Louise really? is his daughter. Oh, it was. Okay. Uh, I can't remember her name. Wow, I cannot remember you either. Jeez. <laughs> Bob's wife. There you go. Bob and Bob's wife. Nah. Uh, favorite cosplays. There was a female and bison... Like, she had, like, this... Is that a leotard? What is it called? Is that what it's called? I don't know. It was red, and she... It had, a, it had some influences of Cami, but she had, like, gauntlets, and she had the M. Bison hat, and it was awesome. It was a really cool M. Bison costume. And, like, as you know, the M. Bison is one of my favorite characters from Street Fighter. Um, That's good. We'll just pay you in Bison books. Yes. <laughs> yes. Of course. <laughs> Second favorite... At Collins, you, you always see a lot of Sean from Shaun of the Dead, but I've never seen any cosplays from Edgar Wright's The World's End until today. Mm-hmm. Well, well, until this weekend. But uh, I was walking Artist Alley, 
and you had uh, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost characters from The World's End. Uh, so you had Gary King, and I can't remember Nick Frost's character, but it was really cool because they're all they're all like a little bit scruffled. Um, they were carrying around fake beers, and Gary King slash Simon Pegg, he was carrying around a disembodied arm of a blank, and they're all covered in blue. You've seen the movie, right? I actually haven't. Oh, you gotta see it. It's, it's uh, the only one I haven't seen. It's really good. Yeah. Some people think it's not as funny as, like, Hot Fuzz, but mm-hmm. in terms of, like, I think it's the most mature story. Um, it's it shows how much Edgar Wright has grown as a filmmaker, and it's a pre, it's a it's it's a pretty dark story too. But uh, I highly recommend it. And um, third cosplay, I guess I have to go with like the twelve foot tall Hulkbuster. Like this guy, he had a Hulkbuster Iron Man armor, and he was extremely tall, and it was it, had, it made noises while it moved, and it had lights everywhere, and he had an entourage. Like he he had like a staffer. And someone cosplaying Psylocke moved the crowd away. And it was incredible. I don't know how he goes to the bathroom in that. <laughs> I don't know how he got there in that. Exactly. Like, he I don't know how he got him. He must have, like, had it disassembled and, like, assembled it while he was there. Because yeah. I can't see him, like, getting on the train as the fucking Hulkbuster. He, <laughs> like, considering the, the height of this, he can't even fit through the train, like, entrance, let alone the so train he, car. He had to have had it yeah. broken down. Or she. Yeah. Yeah, it was a guy. Oh, it was okay. a guy. Yeah. Or she. Or she. <laughs> I don't know what his pronoun is. Who, whoever. But, he goes but <laughs> props, Mr. Hulkbuster guy. You were... Or Mrs. <laughs> or Mrs. Yes. <laughs> Horrible. We don't know that person. We don't know. Hulk, Hulkbuster person. Person. Yeah, yeah, the Hulkbuster was pretty sweet. People were moving the fuck out of the way. A lot of people were, like, following him for a while. Mm-hmm. Or her. Her. <laughs> I don't <know> pronoun... <laughs> it goes by. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, how about you, Stan? Um, one of my favorite ones that I saw was the one that we saw today, the the reverse gender solid snake. Yeah, old, yeah. Old snake. It was like old snake from Metal Gear Solid 4, but it was like a woman. And she had a mustache still, and like a, c- a cigarette. It was like <laughs> and, and a glowing uh, eye patch. Yeah, the yeah. solid eye. It was really cool. I saw a lot of big bosses over the weekend. Mm-hmm. I was trying to get some selfies with some of them. I saw a lot of really good ones. Yeah. Um, I also saw Skull Kid and the Moon from Nice. Yeah, they're like That's pretty cool. They're like walking together. He was just he the the moon had was like the big head, the big moon head, and he wore a t shirt that said, um, last day, like one day remains or something on his shirt. So it was cool. And um Yeah, I think I don't know. I was most I saw a lot of good cosplay, but I was really mostly looking for Metal Gear ones cuz you you kind of don't really see that many Metal Gear. What was really I didn't find that many quiet cosplayers. I, I found a male quiet one today. Yeah. Yeah. A male? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was it, but I had no no female quiets. I saw I, like, at least two or three. Well, we saw the there. one female quiet right after we left the Kishimoto. Oh, that's house. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think I'm pretty sure I took a photo of her. Yeah, I also we we also saw like a really good Raiden. Raiden, I did at least. I didn't. See, okay, I didn't see yeah. Raiden. I saw I saw him on Saturday, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I it was it was really on point. Yeah, yeah, because I don't normally see a lot of Metal Gear cosplay. You know, maybe you'll see like one, but there's like a lot of people dressed up as Big Boss, Quiet, uh, the One Solid Snake. Did you see a uh, Skullface? No, I didn't see any Skullface. Um, didn't see any Ocelot. Didn't see any Miller. But Psycho Mantis. That's gonna be us next year. Yeah. yeah. 
It'd be awesome. I also saw a big group of Team Rocket, but from the video game, so they were all in black. And every time they posed for a picture, they all had little um, exclamation points that they all put above their heads. <laughs> it was brilliant. It, we, were, we were outside. Yeah. It, it, we were waiting for the Ash vs. Evil Dead yeah. uh, experience. So. That's pretty cool. That was cool. Some good, some, some good cosplay this year. Yeah, one group cosplay that I was really surprised to see was um, an Orange is the New Black cosplay oh, yeah. group. There was like the whole cast. There was even like a red. That's really cool. That's cool. Yeah, sweet. Some honorable mentions. I uh, definitely saw... Uh, Batman from Batman vs. Superman. Oh, the in armor. The, uh, in the armor. Yeah, and then he was carrying around the mannequin of Superman all beaten up and yeah. bloody, and his arms were, like, painted green for, like, kryptonite. And it was, that it was, was really that sick. That was really sick. Uh, and I saw a really good Joker. Uh, were you with me when we saw him? He, he had, like, he was carrying around a rubber chicken and, and a huge ass, like, fake gun. Oh, yeah, that was in Artist Alley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he was a really he had a really good Joker cosplay. Mm-hmm. He was on point. Speaking of Artist Alley, Artist Alley. Um, so we had uh, quite a bit of artists and writers that we were following, and I I'm pretty sure everyone got their signatures or, or their their most wanted um, swag from from these guys. So Stan, you want to start with you uh, with you? So. A lot of the people... I came in, like, expecting to see certain people, and I'm happy that I got to see everyone. I saw Babstar um, for Batgirl. I had her sign... Uh, um, she did a Secret Wars variant of Star-Lord, so I got her to sign that, and I bought a, Bat- a Batgirl print, which she also signed. Um, she-, she had an intern there with her who also did some art, and her art was really good. I bought a Harley Quinn, a little a smaller little Har- Harley Quinn uh, print. I had three, three different Spider Gwen books with me. I had um, her first appearance, her first appearance in Edge of Spider Verse, and then two copies of the number one, um, the regular version and the the Midtown Comics variant. I had Robbie Rodriguez sign those, and then I had Jason Latour sign them the following day. Um, Chris and I tracked down the hip hop variant for Doctor Strange, who John. Uh, Juan Doe does that one, and I found him. He was actually like hanging out right next to Run DMC, so I was like, I got him to sign it, and he was he was a cool guy. We chatted a bit about his like future variants that he's doing, mm-hmm. like um, Howard the Duck ODB cover and stuff like that. That's, so that that was, sounds legit. It was yeah, I can't wait. Those hip hop variants are are gonna be great. Tried to tried to find Dan Slot, but he was only there for forty five minutes, which is BS. Which is ridiculous. Who starts a signing at ten a.m. and only for forty five minutes and then pieces out? Obviously, Dan Slot. And then what's his name? Oh, um, oh, Humberto God. Ramos charging fifteen dollars, fifteen bucks for, for signatures. Now, like, don't don't get me wrong. Like, you want to charge for signatures, fine. But everyone else that I walked up to. Oh, Jim Jim Zub was someone else who did uh, Samurai Jack. He signed one of my books. Yeah. And then you picked up the Batgirl. Yes, I picked up uh, at the DC booth, which is really cool. Um, uh, just a, a brief tangent. They were showing or showcasing all the new suits from Batman vs. Superman. So they had Batflex classic suit, Superman, Wonder Woman, and the armored uh, Dark Knight Returns um, suit, which was really cool. They also had LexCorp. Uh, the LexCorp booth. They were handing out free battery 
chargers or battery packs, I which is really cool. I which is really cool. Did you get one? No, I did. Well, they they sold out really quickly. Mm. Um, but it was really cool. I mean, they, they you just lined up and the battery packs. I assume you know have LexCorp stamped on it, and you know uh, and then you could you could be. You could be all handled with your power needs throughout the rest of the day. So I picked up Bat- Batgirl 44, and I took it over at Artist Alley, and I got Babs to sign it, and I got it a little bit personalized. And and Stan, you want to say or what you want to tell the audience what was on the signature? It was to Stan Doom. Doom! And then she she drew um, a little skull and cross. Yeah, she was really amused when I asked her that. She was like, she just she just cracked a smile. I was like. Yeah, Doom. That's Doctor Doom. <laughs> she had, a, she had a, be- uh, a little laugh, and it was really cool. And Jason Tord did a little uh, Spider Gwen doodle on my number one, so that was cool. Yeah. So what was up with Jason Tord's line? Like, uh, there was such a huge discrepancy on it like, was, yeah, Saturday and Sunday. I don't. Well, first of all, on Saturday there was a line for Jason Tord that was like so long and then Robbie Rodriguez was right next to him Nobody. there was no line I, there was, was like confused. one person ahead of you I was confused I was like wait a second like he's got <laughs> nobody but he's the artist for Spider-Gwen and I, I mean I guess Jason Latour does more than just Spider-Gwen but yeah, he does Southern Bastards which is a huge hit yeah so maybe that's why but I walked right up to Robbie and I was like hey can you sign my books and he's like oh yeah sure of course and then I, I mentioned the time that you and I met him, Andy, last year. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, it's been a crazy year, huh? And I was like, yeah, it's crazy how much Spider-Gwen blew up since I last saw you. So. And last year he hinted at us that, like, yeah. Spider-Gwen, something was happening with Spider-Gwen. And then, like, later on that day they wound up announcing it. Yeah, that same day. I was like, so are they going to come out with an ongoing? And he was like, I don't know. <laughs> So that was cool. Nice. Andy, what did what was your haul for the artist alley? So my haul was just like Dick Grayson related completely. Yeah, it was, it was fucking it done. Was amazing. Dude, I was I was like I was being that that friend. I was like, go get it, get it, you know you want it. <laughs> so I got the um the two artists for We Are Robin, uh Bob Haynes and Carrie Randolph. They both autographed my, my We Are Robin issue one. And then I got Tim Seeley to autograph my Grayson issue 1 and Nightwing issue 30. And then I wound up from Seeley. I bought this big-ass Grayson print. He signed that for me, too. And then I got... I bought some random-ass Nightwing print. <laughs> it was pretty legit. We also met the artist for uh, Ghost Racers. Yeah, so uh, I want to talk about that. So uh, my list for artists was very focused um i had a, i came in with a mission we I I met, all did this yeah. year yeah. we all just like i mean i hit all three of the artists in like a matter of 15 minutes yeah yeah for for me like um felipe smith and juan gideon uh that's the respectively that's the writer and artist for ghost racers and felipe also did he also wrote all new ghost rider which is as you all know by now uh, he created Robbie Rees. He's my favorite Ghost Rider, and I just had like, this amazing, pure moment of bliss and fanboy freak out just talking to him. And I got uh, I got two Ghost Rider prints from Felipe and from Gideon. I got a Ghost Racers print and a print of Spread. And if you have a red Spread, go out and get it right now. It's written by Justin Jordan. It's basically Lone Wolf and Cub meets 
John Carpenter's The Thing slash Dead Space is really cool. So in this print is like is like this this is polar bear attacking this guy, and the, but the polar bear is like has like tendrils and like like gaping mouths all over its body and exploding out. It's like oh, it's so cool. And then I Justin Jordan, who I just mentioned, uh, he was also at Artist Alley, so I had him autograph a bunch of my books, and I picked up his new free comic. It's called uh, Thanos or Dark Side Thanos Car- Carpool Buddies of Doom, and it's this really funny short comic where it's just Thanos and Dark Side. They just they they go on coffee runs and they just make fun of each other and they just make fun of foolish mortals. And it's really amazing. And I'll let you guys read it because it's just it's just such a riot. And then of course the coup de gras, you know Ben Templesmith. My all-time favorite comic book artist, aside from Trad Moore, but he's not at Comic-Con, so, but that's okay. Uh, ben Templesmith, he signed my books, and he remembered me, because I, I met him in uh, Awesome Con, and I was cosplaying as Nux, and he recognized me. He's like, oh, what, no war boys? Like, oh, I'm sorry, like, it's, <laughs> it's too messy, and it was, he was uh, poking fun at me, and we were having a good time. So I picked up his, uh, his special variant cover for spread number... 12 and we just I just fanboyed out and he was just really he was really gracious and yeah and I gave him a $20 tip because also back in Asakan he was so impressed by my warboy cosplay and I was like oh my god he has he was selling these iPhone covers and I really wanted one and he's like and I but I didn't have cash or he wasn't accepting card and he gave it to me and I felt really bad so I wanted to pay it forward and Give him back his twenty dollars, <laughs> or just give or tip him, and he, he was really gracious about it. So, so this one's for you, Ben Temple Smith. You're you're a you're a classy guy, and I love you. You're awesome. All right, was, we're gonna move on to special topics. So, favorite moments and uh, regrets at the con. Any? Um, I can start. I'll start with my regret. So I was doing an interview with the PR team and a producer uh, from Gumi. Uh, the company that's working on a new uh, mobile tactical RPG game called Fan of the Kill. So I was talking with the PR guy who was giving me an overview of the game, and all of a sudden, Melanie Mack walks into the booth, and Melanie Mack is like this really famous uh, geeky persona. She's very popular on YouTube and has a huge social media presence. And she was wearing... The only reason reason I noticed her, she was wearing an Invader Zim Gurr t-shirt, and then, and I was like, oh my god, it's Melanie! And then, but I couldn't, like, freak out and fanboy, like I usually do, because I was in the middle of a conversation with the PR guy. And I didn't want to be rude, because I, I was representing Twinfinite. Um, so, um, I was, like, deep inside, I was, like, I was being crushed, because I wanted to, like, <laughs> talk to her and get a picture with her. But, and she walked off, like, no, Melanie, Melanie back. So, so I, was, <laughs> I was sad. But my favorite moment, uh, I guess... Talk with Ben Templesmith. I mean, I just freak out every time. If not that, um, my friend, uh, her name's uh, Ava. Ava and her boyfriend, Anthony, we've been friends for a long time. And it was her first ever Comic-Con. It was the first time cosplaying. And she cosplays Sakura. And she's a huge fan of Naruto. And unfortunately for her, she couldn't make it to the panel or to the signing or to the movie. And she was, she was pretty bummed up by that. But remember during the Kishimoto panel, we were given that free yearbook. Yeah. Uh, I, I gave it to her, and she was really happy, and <laughs> I was glad I could make her happy. That's awesome. 
Uh, my biggest regret is not being able to find where they were selling the gold Stanley Pops. That they sold that quickly. I and then I found the booth, and all they were selling were the autographed gold Stanley Pops, which were like one hundred twenty dollars each. And I was like, mm, yeah. nah. Yeah, the Funko booths. Uh, well, you also required a wristband to get them or get into the. I know. Booth. I couldn't even get a goddamn those, wristband. Those sold out so quickly, like all four days. Well, except for Sunday. I mean, they they just let everyone in uh, in the afternoon. Lucky bastards. And then um, my better moment was being in Artist Alley, seeing all of the people who, like, illustrated all these Robin Grayson comic books, and they all made comments on my tattoo. Yeah, your tattoo is so was legit. You, you, remember we were waiting in line, and, like, we had the, the, those two oh, yeah, ladies yeah. next to us, they were freaking out over it? Yeah, so... It was just really awesome to see, like, my tattoo getting me, mm-hmm. getting me some rep. Mm-hmm. Casey? Um, let me think. My regret was there were these really cool Warner Brothers artworks, and there was a really cool, it was like, I don't remember who it was, but it was a really cool sketch, and I really wanted it. And my mom collects them, and I wanted to get one for her. But it was like two thousand dollars, so <laughs> so I was like, actually, no, thank you. But I went back like three times because I was like, maybe I'll see another one I like. But I wanted the one that was two thousand dollars, so I'm like, this is not happening. So that's a regret. I was sad about that. Uh, what was a good thing that I liked? I like dressing up. I like cosplaying. I only do it once a year, so that was super fun. And you were Jesse from Team Rocket. Yeah, I was like really about to chicken out about the um, about coloring my hair. I didn't want to do it. That turned out great. Yeah, you guys got a lot of photos. Yeah, no, it was fun. Speaking of cosplay, my other favorite moment was you became anime (laughs) because it was like it was a was that Friday Thursday. Thursday. It was Thursday. We all switched costumes. Oh, so, it took a picture, too. Yeah, it was amazing. So Stan hijacked my Kirito cosplay, so you became anime. And, like, it was really funny because a couple, like, minutes later, some kid wanted to get the picture of you. <laughs> yeah. And then I took your Doctor Doom luchador costume. Which you wore better than me. Uh, but I, but you, you wore Kirito I think, really well. I think he only wore the luchador costume better because he was in a tank top. Yeah, yeah it kind of had, like, that Bane sort of <laughs> look to you where it was just, like, a tank top and a luchador mask. Yeah. Uh, and then you, you went all decent punk. You, you got my, you got my, my, uh, my leather pauldroon and my goggles and my steampunk gloves. And then I wore the eye patch. Yeah, with it. yeah, it was good. It was pretty awesome. It's pretty awesome. So that was my other favorite. So, Stan, how about you? Um, regrets. I, I kind of wish I had a little, little more time to go to some panels and to. I, I realized that I didn't really go to like the DC booth to see the costumes or anything like that, and I wish I had done that. But I was just I was too distracted by the show floor at Artist Alley, and because they're huge, yeah, you spend like, days there. I don't, just getting lost. Time just like goes into this weird like warp. Just walking down those halls, and I just I just want to look at old stuff and all the trinkets and stuff, and I just lose track of time. And it's like, oh, I want to go home, and then the next day comes, and it's like, maybe I should do it. Like, no, I want to walk around more and look at all the <laughs> stuff they got. My other regret was that I didn't. I've learned that if you see something you really want, you should probably buy it, especially if there it looks like there's only one. Yeah. I saw a Shaq Fu for the Genesis in its original case for ten dollars for ten bucks, and I was like. <sighs> 
ah, let me come back. Let's see, see if it's still there. See, you mentioned that to me on the way out of Comic-Con on Thursday. And you were like, well, if it's there Saturday, it was meant to be. Yeah. But I guess not. Yeah, it wasn't meant to be. I think be. it was meant to be anyway. When you mentioned it to me, I thought it was like $100. So I was like, oh, better to wait. But even as someone who doesn't play video games and doesn't really care about that stuff, I, I felt like I was upset that you didn't get it for $10. Yeah, I know. There's also one of the other booths had um, Jedi Power Battles for PS1 for like 10 bucks. I didn't pick that one up either. And they didn't, I went, we went back today and it wasn't there. And I was like, damn. I did pick up um, Star Wars Episode One for PS1 though. Aww, so for like 5 yeah. bucks, which that's pretty cool. Um, <clears throat> as for favorite moments, I always love going to Artist Alley and meeting the, you know, the artists and the writers that I follow, like, all year, buying their comics. It's always cool to meet them and to say hello and to have them sign my books and to maybe buy a print from them. And I also, my favorite part of any Comic-Con is always dressing up with Kirstie. Cause so we always, fun. We always do something fun. It's always fun to be together and, like, to have our pictures taken and to make costumes and playing costumes together so that's always a highlight for me you guys are so adorable <laughs> oh thanks the first year that i went to comic-con was two years ago and we were batman and robin i was robin and that was fun people thought that was kind of weird in like a good way <laughs> oh you were saying you were telling us uh, on the way back like you were like he was giving you a uh, oh a yeah at the hatch. end of at the end of comic-con the, the first year we went Stan was giving me a foot massage, and I was, like, still dressed up as Robin, and someone came over, and they are like, this is weird. Can I take a picture of you? <laughs> and I was like, sure can. So that was fun. I never saw the picture again, but, yeah, yeah it's funny. And then the next year, you did uh, Princess Peach and Mario. Yeah, yeah, that wasn't so original. We were kind of slacking. Yeah, we were slacking. We time. were slacking. But then, the, but I think our rationale was like, oh, I want to save money. But then this year, we made our Team Rocket costumes. I think I spent, like... $15. I, like, bought transfer paper, like, fabric paper, and, like, ironed an R on a t-shirt. I seriously spent, like, no money on this costume. And it worked out really well. Yeah, yeah it, it looked, looked good. really well. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, it was good. And Stan, he had the rose. Yeah, the rose. It was great. Yeah. yeah. It was great. You always need the prop. I felt weird, like, going into the bodega today. Like, we were buying, like, we bought, like, two turkey sandwiches and, like, roses. <laughs> like, like, dressed, <laughs> dressed as... Team Rocket, and they were I like, feel like that's what Jesse and James do on a normal day. <laughs> yeah, like, like, they buy turkey sandwiches. Let's go to the deli and get some turkey sandwiches. Yeah, like, yeah, I need some more roses, actually. Like, yeah, I kind of went out of those. And they're scheming how to steal Pokemon's Pokemon. They, like, wake up in the morning, like, trying to plan to steal Pikachu, and they're like, alright, let's just get some mo- let's get some food, let's go to the bodega, I need some more roses, and <laughs> let's just get on the subway. I mean, if we run into that douchebag again, at least I got 12 more roses in my backpack. <laughs> Cool, cool, cool. So you want to wrap up with? Um, oh, um, let's. Uh, we we covered most of it. But is there any other particular items that you uh, that uh, that are part of the haul? Um, at the pop, at the Funko Pop booth, I picked up uh, Poseidon's Rage Kratos, which was cool. I wasn't really planning on doing it, but I was like, I don't really have a Kratos, mm-hmm. and that one's blue. So when I pick it up, and then I picked up the Jack Skeleton with the um, Vampire Teddy, which was cool because I was wholly out on getting a. Jack for so long. I, he was always on my list of the ones that I wanted, and I, I never got him. So getting the con exclusive and one your was, Thor, and of course, yeah, I almost forgot my Thor. yeah Jane Foster Thor, man. Jane Foster Thor. I was so excited when I saw that because you it was if I'm if I remember correctly, it was only for one of those loot crate um, exclusives, so you can't buy those. 
so seeing seeing one and being able to buy it and add it to my collection definitely mm. definitely great and then the, the um the variants for Batgirl and Doctor Strange That's right. were a lot of were really good to find that yeah. made me really happy and the art prints yeah 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 so aside from the prints uh, I got and uh, the variant of spread by Temple Smith. Um, I got, uh, actually, I, I'm not really that big on Funko, but I was really excited to be in line with, uh, Stan and Kirsty because they, Funko was releasing this Shaun of the Dead fig- uh, set of figurines, so they had, uh, Ed and Sean's, so I, I grabbed both of them, and I love anything Edgar Wright, so I was really happy to pick those up, uh, and I was, I spent part of the day hunting for a Boba Fett pop vinyl figure for my friend, who's a big fan. Of, did you of, get it? Yeah, I did. Nice. So, yeah. It was pretty good. Um, and I don't think I got anything else. I got a massage. Oh, <laughs> yes. Uh, that, uh, that, that, that was awesome because I woke up today with a horrible crick in my neck and my, my shoulders were really sore from like walking with a, with a backpack. So I got like a 20-minute massage and I feel great. Were they just giving away massages, or oh, you had to pay. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, there was like a station. Yeah, there was a station. Huh. It was great. It was. Huh. It was like uh, the masseuse that was giving massage. She was really good, and like huh. I'm, I'm all loosey goosey. <laughs> loosey goosey. Andy, any other things in your haul? I, I seriously only picked up those two. The prints. That's those fine. Prints. That's fine. You, know, you um, decorate your room now. I was trying to hunt down that Stanley Pop, and. There was an exclusive one that I really wanted. The Godzilla. The Godzilla, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. sold out quick. I saw a booth selling them for 90 and like 120 and I was like, no way. No. BS. Not no happening. No way. But yeah, that was pretty much it. Yeah. And Kirstie, you got those two pops, essentially. Yeah. yeah the Cookie, Cookie Monster, Monster. And, and Mater, and it was a different color Mater, and it was cool. cool. Sweet. I really wait. Can I just say one last thing about Comic Con? Of course. One reason I really like Comic Con is because it's so structured. Like they don't let people line up before they're supposed to. They don't let people into things. They don't let it get too crowded. There's like a really organized way of checking in. I just like it. Like it never feels like it's really crowded, but it never feels insane to me. It's organized chaos. Yeah, and they have a quiet room where you can go and it says on the website it's like if you are getting overwhelmed or have social anxiety there's a quiet room in the basement and you like go and they have strict guidelines on how loud you can be and like it's not for socializing and there's a lot of security everywhere so i like that about it like it's it's fun but it's not wild yeah i never even knew they had a quiet room yeah, yeah i just found it out today it's in the um that, that manual that like book that guidebook they give you who reads it I read it. I don't read it. I read it and it doesn't help me because I never can find anything anyway. <laughs> I like never... Re- I, I try to use the map for like the first ten minutes maybe. And then I'm like, fuck it. Yeah, I just love walk around. Yeah, I used to, the NYCC app, which I found really useful. Mm. But I like the guidebook because it had the cover for uh, Dark Knight 3. See, I just use that, that for really to-do lists. Hmm? I use that as a to- uh, the NYCC app. Yeah. I use it for my to-do list. Yeah. It's a really... I, I, I don't know... Did, was that the first year they... You, no, we had it last year, too. Okay. Yeah. It was the first year yeah, I used it, and it, it just made everything so much easier. Yeah. So, so, props to them. So, to close out, you want to rate this year's Comic-Con? Yeah. I will rate it four bananas out of five, and the reason why I won't get a full score is because the whole ticketing fiasco. Yeah. Because a lot of people just got screwed over, and I felt like there wasn't 
I mean, you can't avoid scalping, but I felt like there should have been some more structure or controls to prevent And that. other booths should not be able to, like, fucking buy pop figures to just resell yeah. them. Yeah. That's true. I agree. Yeah. Like, that's that's so unfair. But otherwise, like, um, the panel, uh, the panel, sh- uh, the guests that came, they sure were great. I mean, you had a lot. You had, like, Nathan Fillion and like, the rest of the Firefly cast, and then you had, like, Ash... Uh, versus the Evil Dead people, people from Gotham, the artists, Alley, the, 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 there was On Point. Um, they had some really cool uh, Super Week events. Like, for example, on Friday night, they they were hosting a Blade Blood Rave, uh, which I didn't go to but because I was attending another uh, event. But I, I think it's so cool that the rest of New York City had such a wide variety and eclectic mix of events to do outside of the con. So four out of five bananas. I'd also rate it about a four out of five. There was I don't know. It was just like like what you said uh, with the um, getting getting like your tickets for exclusive things. Mm-hmm. It was just I don't know. It was just such a hassle mm-hmm. and annoying. And like I said with the pop figures, the fact that other booths were like scalping them. Yeah. That's so not cool. Not cool. <laughs> Um, well, I went for the one day, and as I said, my attention span is bad, but I would say if my attention span wasn't so bad, and I liked Comic-Con things more than I do, like, I go to the show floor, and I'm like, this is the same as it was last year, and I really, I'm not really interested, I like the art the most, so I think that objectively, objectively also, four bananas, four of them. I agree, um, based on the aforementioned points. Um, <laughs> Same. <laughs> yeah. Um, last year seemed a little more crazy to me, and def- uh, especially Saturday. Saturday, I just couldn't breathe, because there's just so many people breathing out of their faces that it made it hard to breathe. <laughs> out of my but, own face. <laughs> yeah, out of my own face. But this year, they made some changes that I felt made the organization a little better. Like, there was a lot of panels held at Hammerstein. Yeah. There was even small things like the corridor f- to get to Artist Alley. When you exit, they have you go outside. Yeah, d- they didn't have that last that year. Wasn't no. there. That was That was great. And they also had food trucks out there, and they also had the Ash vs. Evil Dead Yeah, so they, they kind of spread everything out a little bit better, so it wasn't so, so crazy. And even on Saturday, there were like times where I was on the floor where it wasn't so bad. Whereas last year, there was... Like you couldn't move. Yeah. Honestly, just no space and no, no air. Mm-hmm. But, so, yeah, better than last year. Sweet. Um, and uh, I guess any future wishes or considerations for next year? Next year, gotta buy Shaq Fu if I see it. Gotta try and attend more panels. I want to go to panels next year. Yeah. They had some cool ones, some cool, like, education ones that speak to my teacher heart, but we didn't go, which is fine. I want S&P to have a freaking f- press badge. Yeah, we got we got to be able to get our own press back for sure, and if not press like VIP, because just being able to skip all those lines, yeah, and like having access to the lounge, it's great. So I don't want to deal with those lines. Also, SMP group crossplay. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's gonna be like Metal Gear Solid. You're gonna be no, you're, no, Andy. You're gonna be Big Boss. I'm gonna be Big Boss. You're gonna be um, Kazuhira, and I'm gonna be Ocelot. And Kirsten, you want to join in? Sure. Which what can I be? Mm. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm gonna be the tongue from Alien. Blah. Blah. <laughs> Blah. Blah. 
There was some other group cosplay we were talking about. I don't remember. It was like anime. Like Dragon Ball. That's right, Dragon Ball. Awesome. I'll still be the tongue from Alien. <laughs> <laughs> not not Alien. No, the tongue. Yeah. Yep. All right, cool. So um, I think that's it. Yeah. Um, you know, I, we had a really great time in New York Comic Con, and if you attended, uh, we hope you did too. And if you didn't, uh, we hope you make it next year. So that's it for Super Nerd Pals. You can find us on Twitter at Super Nerd Pals, and you can tweet at us individually. Uh, Stan, you can find him uh, at Stan Doom. 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 You can find Andy at Sweet Justice One. That's O N E. Sweet. <laughs> uh, Kirsty, do you have a Twitter? It's private. Oh, it's private. Sorry. Okay. Uh, okay. You That's... can find me right here. In <laughs> you, can, you can find her at Alien's Tongue. Yeah, at <laughs> Alien's Tongue. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. You can find me at Kyo Ninja for Hire. That's K Y O Ninja. Ninja. I was gonna say Kyo. Kyo. Ninja for Hire. You can find this podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. You can also join our Facebook group at facebook.com/group/supernerdpals. Also, you can find us on Instagram at supernerdpals. Just it's the easiest thing to do. You Just find us everywhere. Yeah, and our website supernerdpals.com. Yeah, none of that dumb wordpress.com shit. You can, <laughs> we have a full domain. You can go to your roof and just yell really loud and we'll come. <laughs> we'll be there. It's like the bat signal. It's like ah. So you cold? <laughs> All right, everyone, thank you, and good night. Thank you for listening.